you know, to live the Christian life is simply you have to be intentional about it. You just can't just halfway do it. You've got to focus on how to live for the Lord and be intentional about it and seek first the kingdom of God. And I want to share with you five things that I believe are not only the foundation of what we do here at Metroplex Family Church, but simply as we move forward, because to me, it's about the values we believe as far as believers and how important that is and how important it is as a church. Of course, 19 years ago, in our humble beginning, I stated it then, I'll state it now, that this book is not a Bible, just a book of, you know, of history or theology. It's a book of covenant. And I have treated it that way. I, I have promoted from day one to now and will continue that the Word of God needs to be first place and final authority in your life. What's that mean? That means that whatever it says to do, that you do it. That you act on it as the word of a trusted lawyer or a friend or, or confident that, that the Bible is not just, again, a book of eschatology or history or theology, but it's God's covenant to you. And I think that's so important. And in, in, in sharing with you today, I want to start with five things that, and again, if we don't have the time to get to it, we'll get to it later. But these are convictions of mine. They're not something that I got from another church or another situation. They're born out of 19 years of what I see for you as a pastor and as a leader and someone who wants God's divine purpose in your life. And I know that some of you are visiting here today, and I'm not necessarily your pastor, but I believe that every pastor should have along the lines of what I'm talking about, this intention. First of all, and number one is simply this, for you to Dedicate yourself to finding God's purpose for your life. I think it is so important as we read in Jeremiah 29, 11 through in 12 in the New Living Translation that you find and dedicate yourself to God's purpose for your life. Let me say it like this. Every person that is born has a purpose from God. Every single person. There's not an individual not one single individual has ever come and will ever be born that does not have a divine reason for being here. I believe that with all my heart. And I am thoroughly convicted by that, by the book I read in 1995, The Purpose Driven Life by Rick Warren, where he outlines the purposes of God for your life. And I believe that. And uh, it, it sparked a, a, a revelation inside of me. Now, I knew that for me personally because of being in the ministry. But what about those that are not necessarily in the ministry? Well, I believe that as you see here in Jeremiah 29, 11, look at this. Let's all read it together. How about this? Let's say one, two, three. For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. They're plans for good and not for disaster to give you a future and a hope. Verse 12, watch this. In those days when you pray, I will listen. Let's go back to verse 11 again. Look what it says. I know the plans. Everybody say plans. I know the plans that I have for you, says the Lord. And what are those plans? They're plans for what? Good. Everybody say good. And not for disaster. God has a good plan for your life. Well, you say, well, Pastor Brian, what about those disasters? Well, that's the enemy. He's coming to do what? Keep you away from that good plan. He'll do everything he can consistently. How many of us know that the devil is a very consistent being? Please do not look at your spouse. <laughs> no, I ain't talking about your family. I ain't talking about your spouse. I ain't talking about all the challenges of life. I'm talking about the enemy of your soul. Now, unfortunately, the enemy of your soul uses people and uh, he uses people in a horrible way. I'll never forget back in Hughley Auditorium there, um, we had a gentleman who served in World War II. He was uh, um, one of the men that liberated Dachau 
and Mr. W.T. Owens was his name, and he didn't talk much about it, but one Sunday morning, it wasn't a significant Sunday, he said, I need to talk to you after the service. I want to show you something I haven't, looked at, haven't shown anybody in 40 years. And he pulled out this envelope, and he started showing me these pictures that he actually made when he was liberating Dachau with his particular group of men. And uh, he said, Pastor Brian, I know there is a devil just as much as I know there's a God because there's no way that another human being could do to what you see in these pictures to another person if, if it weren't for the devil. And uh, he said, I, this is what he said that is what I'm sharing with you. He said, I know God has a purpose for your life, but he says, I know the enemy has a purpose for your life. And these pictures show the purpose of the enemy for your life. That was an outstanding revelation to me. And, uh, of course, he was a part of history and the liberation of that. But, you know, again, even though it wasn't God's purpose for those people to be killed like that, still the purpose of God prevails because God still has a plan. And even though people don't live the fullness of their plan, doesn't mean that, that didn't, there wasn't a plan for their life. There's always a plan for their life. And I want to encourage you to find the time to dedicate yourself to it. You say, well, Pastor Brian, I just... You know, I'm getting to this age and I'm just sort of giving up on life. Hey, don't give up on things. The older you get, the better you get. Some people don't. I did not start this church until I was 40 years old. Okay, 40 years old. 19 years ago, I was 40 years old. I was actually 39. And uh, I started this church then. And uh, I am so thankful I did that. I was in a traveling ministry. I was traveling, you know, 50 weekends out of the year and traveling and it was growing and things were progressing. And all of a sudden, God says, I want you to start this church. And I took an entire year to plan the church out and started it. And uh, it is an amazing thing. I mean, it was amazing. I had five five ministers that gave me $1,000 a piece. And the first check that we got from any kind of help was a friend of my dad's. The first check we got for $1,000 was from the Alabama Democratic Party. <laughs> of all things to start a church, you get $1,000 for the Alabama Democratic Party. Anyway, it was just funny. It wouldn't have really nothing to do with politics. It's the fact that my dad told some friends of mine, my boy starting a church, give some money. So they sent me a check. And it has happened to come before some of the others came in. But it was funny how things started and how things developed. And here we are today, and I am so thankful. And when you find God's purpose, you find a place of peace. You find a reason for doing what you do. I love what I do. I had the greatest sense of job any human being could ever have. I love what I do. I love the people. And I know sometimes that, you know, again, some people come, see people go, but I'm here, and I'm going to be focused. And somebody asked me the other day, when are you going to retire? I said, retire? There's no retirement here. I said, I'm going to be doing this forever in a day, the way I look at it, and because uh, the older I get, uh, the better I get. And so, again, and Moses didn't start his ministry till he was 80, and I got a long way to get to Moses' age, and then he was so strong and healthy, he climbed a mountain and received from God. That's pretty awesome, is it not, at 80 years old? That's not Geritol and, you know, falling down and your dentures falling out of your mouth. That's, that's some really renewing of strength in life. But anyway, you have that same calling from God, and if you've been discouraged, 
discouraged, if you have had setbacks, if you had the enemy whisper in your ear that you cannot make it or you can't have a rebirth in the second part of your life or whatever that life from hell is, I'm here to tell you today that you can and you should and you should seek it with all the intensity of your life because let me tell you something, there's no greater joy than to live this earth fulfilling a divine reason for being here. Number two, number two, every believer, these are just convictions of mine, Every believer should believe for God's best in your family. Acts 16, 31. What does this mean? Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you shall be saved and your household. What does that mean, Pastor Brian? That means never give up on your family. Everybody say never give up. Never give up on your family. You say, Pastor Brian, I've got some crazy cousins and some whacked out uncles. Well, welcome to the club. I do too. But you're not to give up on them. Believe God for your family. I'm so honored today that some people brought their own family members. It says a lot. When somebody brings their own family as a guest to Metroplex Family Church with them, that is a big honor and a big deal for me. But hey, when it comes to your family, I know you got some crazy cousins. I do too. And uh, and they can do some extreme things. But Never give up on them. Never give up on your family. Believe for salvation. Believe for deliverance. Believe for them to come to know Jesus. And when you do that, I promise you, you are fighting the fight of faith that they need. Even if it comes to the latter part of their life, maybe they don't make a decision to the end. I hope they don't do that. I hope they do something now. But it says right here, believe on the Lord. Let's read it together. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved and your household. Don't ever give up on those family members. I'm telling you what, it's important. Listen to me. It's our responsibility to believe God for our families, to fight the good fight of faith. We saw the baby dedication of Jim and Kayla. They fought for Gideon. They fought for him intensely. We as a church family fought for him intensely. Their family fought for him intensely, and we should do the same thing with others. Number three, number three, live by faith in God's provision for health in your body. This is such a conviction of mine. I know a lot of pastors, a lot of ministers don't necessarily believe in health and healing, but Pastor Brian Jacobs does. I do not, and I'm never convinced that it's God's will for you to be sick and die. You say, Pastor Brian, I got to die some way. Yes, you can go to to sleep when you're 100 years old and just slip out of that body and go to heaven. But you don't have to be full of cancer and disease, especially in the light of Galatians 3.13. Let's look at Galatians 3.13 real quickly. Notice this. Jesus has redeemed you and I from the curse of the law or the curse that was in the earth. This is listed in Deuteronomy 28. Having become a curse for us, for it is written, cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree. Jesus bore the curse of the world by hanging on the tree. Verse 14, it says that the blessing of Abraham, and by the way, let me remind you about Abraham. Abraham not only was a man of faith in God, but he defied even the natural by having a child in his latter years. Now, some of you, I know that you say, well, I want to be like Father Abraham. I'm going to have children in my latter years. That's between you, your God, the Lord, and your husband <laughs> and your wife. So, But my point with it is that Abraham's blessing is a mighty thing. God blessed Abraham richly, not only with Isaac, but a lot of other things. His faith in God is what I'm pointing out today, that he was so fully convinced that 
what God would promise, God would do. I want to tell you something. That's what made faith, Abraham, the father of faith. He trusted God beyond what he could see or feel. He trusted God beyond all the things that were before him. And let me tell you something. Sickness and disease is a, an attack of the enemy. Now, I know that sometimes sickness and disease is self-inflicted. Sometimes we do things we shouldn't do. We don't take care of ourselves. It says in 3 John 2 that God's desire is for us to be to prosper and to be in health as our soul prospers. He does want us to live healthy. There is a responsibility of you and I to be in a, in a place of taking care of our body, whether it's the proper amount of sleep or nutrition or eating or, or many of those factors. You just can't live, you know, a full blast life and not, you know, learn how to rest. I'll tell you what, it's been one of my biggest battles is learning how to rest and learning how to do things. And sometimes, you know, I love being in a fast pace. I love being active. I love going here, going there, going, doing this and doing that. However, I have to learn to pace my life, pace my, my, my rhythm and my routine because I want to live long and live strong. And I focused and spent a lot of time on my sleep. I mean, sleep is a very important thing to your body. And I've learned to take the scriptures. I've learned to prepare myself. I just don't jump in the bed and go to sleep. I methodically, I, 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 this may be weird to you, but I, I prepare myself to go to sleep. Some of you just go in there and probably pass out. <laughs> but I prepare myself because, and I really, I do, because I want to get seven plus hours and I, and I work at it. I mean, I've worked at a quality sleep. And I mean, there's certain scriptures, there's certain things I do to prepare myself to do that. I'm, I'm determined not to pass out when I go to bed. I'm determined to go to sleep and get up. And uh, you say, hey, Pastor Brian, that's weird. No, that's living in health. That's enjoying and maximizing every part of your life. In order to have good health and in order to believe God, as it says right here, that Jesus has redeemed us from the curse, we've got to do our part too. I mean, so many times people want the supernatural to happen in the life. Well, the, before the supernatural becomes the natural, and when you do your part, God will do his. I promise you. Listen to this. Jesus not only purchased your salvation, but he did purchase healing. And I know a lot of ministers don't preach that. They don't believe that necessarily. But we are convicted by that here at Metroplex Family Church. We, we believe that it is God's plan. And sometimes it's a fight of faith. Sometimes it's not always God's, you know, will being manifest and we're seeing the manifestation of sickness and disease, but we're still going to fight and believe God's best. One of the great members of our church in our past was a precious lady. Her name was Nancy Atwood. That's Jim Atwood's wife. And, um, I'm telling you what, two things she would zero in on. Number one, she wanted household salvation. She believed God for her family, and she let me know that every single week. I mean, we would pray together. She would call me, and if any family member was out of line, she was zeroing in on them by prayer. And number two, she was determined even though she fought some things in her own body, she was determined and she'd call me up and preach to me for about 10 or 15 minutes without me saying a word. <laughs> Get one of those phone calls. It'd be like this. Hey, Pastor Brian, how are you doing? I say, great. Boom. That was the last thing I said for about 15 minutes. Anyway, she was telling me about what she was believing God for and who she was believing God for in her family and concerning her body and concerning this and concerning that. She even had one day, she called me about a dog in their family. I couldn't believe it. <laughs> so I was spending five minutes praying over a dog. <laughs> so, and to the point where she almost asked me to come down there and anoint the dog with oil. <laughs> so I said, if you want me to, Miss Atwood, I will do it for you. And she called me back. She said, no, it's not necessary. She called, she called Mr. Atwood Jimmy, but she said, Jimmy will take care of that. She's, he's anointing him with motor oil. <laughs> 
<laughs> she couldn't find any olive oil. <laughs> I tell you that woman, God, I miss that woman. Anyway, she's hilarious. <laughs> I just would hang the phone up and just say, Lord, this is amazing, is it not? <laughs> and I just, I can feel the heavens smiling. You know, Jesus loves his people and he loves us not only when we obey him, but when we're tenacious for him like she was, that we're willing to go beyond what we can see and feel and we're going to fight the good fight of faith and we may not understand it all as she did and she would clearly tell me, I don't understand it all and some things I just don't understand why, but I do understand this. God is good. God is faithful. And if I trust him, everything's going to be all right. And I tell you, what a great anthem from a great woman. And uh, that's the way we should live. Number four. Number four, this is an important one to me financially. Receiving God is your financial source. So again, let's just review real quickly. First of all, God has a purpose for your life. He, he wants you to stand for your family, number two. And number three, he wants you to have faith in the fact that your body belongs to him. And that should be dedicated to him, not just to go to heaven, but dedicate the fact that he wants you healthy. He wants you strong. Let me reiterate that one more time. The devil wants you sick because if he can shut your voice down and shut your body down, then he's won. And if you're, if you're purposing that I'm going to live strong and healthy and I'm going to live by faith, trusting God, regardless of how I feel, even if I'm taking this medication, even if I'm seeing these doctors, I'm going to walk this thing through by faith because I want my body to glorify the Lord. Let me tell you something. God is going to intervene in your situation. He will. I promise you. Sometimes it's not easy believing for healing. Sometimes it's not easy walking these things out. But, you know, true champions are not just something that happens. True champions that win in life and successfully do something have to work at it. I mean, they have to strive after it. They have to go after it. I mean, I, I'm thoroughly impressed with some people that achieve great things as far as, you know, especially in the athletic realm. But let me tell you something, the price they paid, the commitment they made, and let me tell you something, nothing wrong with the Super Bowl ring and nothing wrong with the national championship ring and football or basketball or whatever. But let me tell you something, the championship ring of the Lord Jesus Christ, the seal of honoring him is one of the greatest things you can go after. And financially, so many believers don't walk in this. Receiving God as your financial source, not as your financial blessing, but as your source. When I started this church, man, all we had was $5,000 and faith. And we started out believing God. And then within less than a year, these facilities that we're in, were given to us, and it was a merger. And then not long after that, we were at Hughley Auditorium, and I thought I kept waiting for Hughley Hospital and the administration to say, hey, we're going to start charging you on a monthly basis. And I went over there and met with the president of the hospital, and um, he looked at me and said, listen, I can't charge you. You stay in these facilities as long as you want. They're free. Because I believe that you'll just be able to benefit from this. We don't necessarily need your money. But once you just stay here as long as you can, build the money, and whenever you move, you'll have money to move with. That's our commitment to you. And I tell you what, I am so thankful for that commitment. But all because I made a decision 19 years ago that whatever came into this church, we would give 10 and we'd try to do 15 or 20% of that money. We were not only going to be tithers in principle as far as practicing it personally and individually, but we'd be tithers as a church. 
And I want to tell you something. Never, never have I deviated from that principle in 19 years. We started that way. We'll go forward that way. The first check every week is a check to go to missions or outreaches that we support. And I, I, we're, we're doing this as God is your source. And I'll never forget when Pastor Wayne Force, who was a man I helped in one of the churches and actually planted $1,000 in this church, he closed his church down. And he gave us a half a million dollars, basically, to come over to do what we're doing now. And I'll never forget, he looked at me and he said, Brian, he said, I, I heard you one time say that you always believed God, that God would supply your needs, especially the church's needs. And he said, you would even use the richest people in the world to do it. That you would, you know, you would not, you would not limit God because you trusted him as a tither, not only personally, but as a church. I mean, we started this practice, Sheila and I, the day we got married. I just looked at her and said, two things. We're going to love God with all our heart. We're going to be faithful to a local church and we're going to give 10% of our income. And if you can't do those two things, then I don't think we need to be married. And she agreed to both things. It wasn't because I didn't love her. I didn't think she was beautiful. didn't want to spend the rest of my life with her. I just knew if I wanted the blessing of God upon my life, this is what was going to have to happen as far as us as a couple. I'll never get back to the words of Pastor Wayne. He said, I want you to know that my great-great-grandfather was John Jacob Astor. And he said, I'm going to put a part of this money that I'm giving you today from Compass Point Family Church. I'm going to give you money that was directly given to him to as a heritage that come down the family line so that you I want you to know that what you're doing over there 506 Pleasant Manor that John Jacob Astor had a part of that the richest man on the Titanic how about that <laughs> you said Pastor Brown what's that mean doesn't mean nothing to you it just means this that if you put God as your source he'll do things beyond what you could ask or think I started that traveling ministry I went to over 316 churches 90% of them would honor me financially. 10% of them didn't have the money to do that. And I kept doing that. But I kept being faithful. I kept trusting God as my source. And God is my source. Just a couple of days ago, I had lunch with the man who owns all the property over here, Rocky Branson. And he told me, he said, where you are as a church and where you are location-wise is the most strategic spot in Burleson and what we're building around in the next 10 years. He said, God has placed you where you need to be. Even though you may feel like no one knows where you are in the backside of that corner of that neighborhood, actually you're in one of the best spots in Burleson, in my opinion. And he said, your land is growing and growing and growing in value. Why is that, ladies and gentlemen? Because God is my source. Now, I want to share a verse of scripture because we're running out of time here. We'll complete this later. Hebrews 7, 8. Hebrews 7, 8. If you could just get to that beyond Philippians 4, 19. It says this, here mortal men receive tithes, but where, where, but where he is, he receives them of who he's witness, is witness that he lives. Notice this verse of scripture. It says, here mortal men, like myself, they receive tithes and offerings in church, but there Jesus receives them. And when you make Jesus the Lord of your life and you let him be the source, not only financially of every aspect of your life, I promise you that's the wisest and greatest thing you could ever do making him the Lord of your life. He has a journey, a destination, a purpose for your life, and we'll talk more about this, that you could imagine or dream if you'll trust him. I, I'm, I'm living in that today, and I want that for you. And regardless if you have some broken dreams or some broken situations, even financially broken, 
And I'm not, when I'm not talking about, you can have your needs met, but what about those, really those things you wanted to do financially? Make him the source of your life.